Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Shrek. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Hello, that's a horrifying background. <laughs> I was going to leap into some Smash Mouth, but I couldn't think of the right words, so I just thought I'd let you enjoy this image, which is of the Modesto Nuts mascots. So they are a minor league team. I can't remember which baseball team they're affiliated with, but if you're listening now, Google Modesto Nuts. That's <laughs> Modesto, like modest with an O on the end, and then nuts. They are truly horrifying. So we've got a pistachio... A walnut. I can't tell what the one behind you is. An almond? Uh, I'm going to go with almond. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with almond. That'll do. <laughs> a D's nut. Of yeah. D's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Surely, um, yeah. They, if you play for that team, you must be making D's nuts jokes all the time. Surely. You must be. You must be. Um, I was going to start before I was horribly distracted by whatever the hell that was. Um, with somebody once told me the Shrek is really funny. That's good. That's good because that's a nice opening line, and it's it's true, isn't it? It is true. It is true. I enjoyed rewatching Shrek. Yeah. So this week we're talking about Shrek, one of the greatest love stories ever told. Love between a man and his swamp. Yeah. The love between a donkey and his dragon. What more? What more? What more could you want from a love between story than that? Mike Myers and giving a character a Scottish accent for no reason, <laughs> other than that it works and it's good. It does work. It does work. Um, yeah, it's. Um... But that wasn't what it was supposed to be. Did you? Did you read about no. this? This may come up in your trivia yeah. section. Originally, Chris Farley was cast as Shrek, and then he died. So they got yes. in Mike Myers, and yeah. he recorded the whole film in his regular Canadian accent. And then he said, oh, I want to go back and do it in Scottish. And they went, all right, fine. Can you imagine that happening now? <laughs> well, actually, I probably could, because there'd probably be some fan cut. There'd be little fans going, release the Canada cut or whatever. Yeah, that that's the thing, is that would happen these days, wouldn't it? There'd be someone going, release the Canada cut. I'm now really worried that we've given the Shrek fans an idea. <laughs> I think the nobody hates Shrek like Shrek fans. I think the Shrek fans genuinely love Shrek, though. This isn't like Star Wars or or um, any comic book movie. No, it's a franchise, but it's not like a franchise. Yeah, it's it's the anti-franchise. This movie was made to be the anti-Disney movie, essentially. You're right. It really was, and that that was definitely the vibe that you get wasn't it um and interestingly it's based on a picture book which um we were given as a gift for my son recently um and then i sort of read it to him once and then decided to put it away for a bit because it's actually quite grim and it's it's all like you know glorifying the horrible ogre and stuff and but it's yeah the themes are surprisingly adult yes yeah Uh, i've heard that it is full of heroin use yeah shrek loves heroin it's essentially train spotting but with ogres (laughs) Yeah, where's where's Danny Boyle's Shrek? That's what I want to see. That's, I want to yeah. see, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I wasn't kidding when um, when I said that this is the anti Disney movie. This movie was deliberately made to be uh, the the mirror image, the evil doppelganger of Disney fairy tales. Was that a statement um, of intent from and it, and the people who and made it? And it was um, the origins of Lord Farquaad, for instance. <laughs> is um, very, very clearly an anti-Disney sentiment. I only very recently realised that that sounds like Farquaad. <laughs> that went straight over my head in 2001. Um, so so this movie was made by Jeffrey Katzenberg, partially. Right. Um, who went from Disney to DreamWorks. That's right. Um, and he was not a fan of Michael Eisner. Um, who, of course, is the former CEO of Disney, of the Walt Disney Company. Um, 
and uh, he is a dimin- diminutive man, shall we say. <laughs> um, and so actually, there's lots of speculation around that um, Lord Farquaad <laughs> is specifically... <laughs> imp- uh, uh, specifically influenced by Michael Eisner, the CEO of Disney. A short king. An extremely angry, difficult-to-work-with short man. Literally a short king. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, So, yeah, so there is this big anti-Disney sentiment. This this movie was made to be, you know, it's, it's these people that were released, you know, they were released from the confines of Disney at the time and set out to make something that kind of circumvented the narrative constraints of of the Disney company. Just looking at Jeffrey Katzenberg's thing, he was the founder of Quibi. Did you know about Quibi? Quibi, wow. It was like trying to be TikTok before TikTok did TikTok. Yes, yeah. It was probably trying to be TikTok before it realised that all people want to see on video is other people dancing. (laughs) I'm also 95 years old. You, that that's the the young hip kids these days. Um, they 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 love the TikToks. So hey, I'm I'm on the TikToks. You're on the TikToks. You do your little your your little TikTok videos. I do. I turn it round. I turn my booty towards the camera and I shake it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, Quibby. Um, that was a weird one. Yeah. So so yeah. So so um. Jeffers, Jeffrey Katzenberg, as he known known as Jeffers by his friends. Um he was involved in the production of um a fair few as like Disney chairman or, or executives, etc. Um so starting from the eighties, so doing stuff like The Black Cauldron, The Great Mouse Detective, oh, man. um Who Best Roger ones. Rabbit, then also moving on to the um to the resurgence of Disney through films like The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. Um, however, that's, a, that's like peak good Disney. Time. Yes, yeah. So he was there all the way through to um, to The Lion King, and I think he was there partially for the production of Pocahontas before moving on to DreamWorks, and then was involved in DreamWorks from Ants onwards. Ants. Now that is. I think that might be a shit piece. We should revisit <laughs> we should, Ants at some we point. We should. I mean, unfortunately, it does have... Oh, no, it's got Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah no, I can't do it. It does no. have a certain man in it who... Ants is cancelled. Can- cancelled, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's about C-A-N-T-Z. Yeah, you get the picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe not, but I definitely agree it's a shit piece. Also, unfortunately, I do think it's a better movie than A Bug's Life, but of course A Bug's Life, as Ouch. far as I'm aware doesn't have any one of Woody Allen's status in it to no. put it uh, diplomatically. I haven't seen A Bug's Life in a long time because you know my wife is a huge Disney fan but that's one of the very few ones that she just like refuses to watch. Every time we're like oh I'm going through I'm going oh how about A Bug's Life? No. She, she's just very anti-bug. See I'm, I'm not a big... Actually hold on we can't watch A Bug's Life either. Oh, is that cancelled as well? Yeah, because you know who's in that? Who? Uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, okay. Any bug-themed CGI movies are off the table. Get None out. Them. Apart from B-Movie, which as far as I'm aware... I mean, why would we watch any other bug-themed movie when I mean, B-Movie we... exists? <laughs> B-Movie is the pinnacle of, of those kind of movies, isn't it? Um, yeah, so actually, no, we can't do A Bug's Life either. Um, unfortunately, um, but I was I I always found a Bug's Life to be a little bit weird. The the animation I felt was a bit dodgy because it 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 was the one after Toy Story, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it's still actually made. very early Pixar. They're still finding their feet. Toy Story is so good because of not just because of the animation, but the content. And actually, having rewatched Toy Story recently, the con the animation, yeah, it's a bit shonky in places, but. In 1995, that was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Oh, exactly. And also, the animation, although it's a little bit, you know, stilted now, it worked because it was toys. So you were kind of expecting that kind of rigid animation a little bit and that less yeah, uh, that less fluid biological animation because they're toys. Whereas then when it comes to things like A Bug's Life, when it's meant to be these living things, that's when it becomes a little bit so it gets creepy yeah yeah you get you get into that uncanny valley sort of situation even though it's bugs not humans but yeah similar kind of similar kind of rule all gets a little bit cool world doesn't it <laughs> yes did we did we watch cool world for this podcast? no we never did is that on anything 
Cause Probably not. I'm sure we can get hold of it. And there's a video game of it as well, isn't there? There is one of the worst video games of all time. I think apparently. I saw someone discussing it the other day on on a retro gaming channel or something. Speaking of terrible video games, by the way, we've mentioned Who Framed Roger Rabbit already um, on 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 this episode, and um, which I is just... one that I will not watch because I, th- I find it creepy. You find it creepy, but it's great. Yeah. Too it's, weird. It's so good. We, I'm going to make you. In fact, I've actually no. As we discussed before, I haven't seen it, so I need to watch it at some point. I know, but the it, the, the, what I've seen of it creeps me out. In fact, you know what? We're doing back to back episodes, Paddy. We're doing. We're doing. <laughs> Who Frame, we're doing. Who Frame Roger Rabbit <laughs> next, and then we're going to do Cool World afterwards, so you can see the good and the bad. All right. Although, although Cool World, actually, I think Cool World is underrated. I think there's a certain weirdness to it that's really. Is this going to be our un- uncanny summer? <laughs> uncanny summer, the yeah. Summer of just like horrible, weird films, <laughs> films that creep you out well, but have romance we've, in them we've somewhere. Got, we've got Schnorgestbord. Oh, Schnorgestbord. That's coming up soon. Yeah, that's August, isn't it? it so we're, it'll be we're, here before you know it. We're gonna. I'm going to flood our, our our content plan with terrible movies between now and then to make up for the fact that you're making me watch multiple <laughs> Rob Schneider movies. Because how yeah. many weeks have we? We've got three more weeks in July. Okay, so yeah, we can do cool. We can do Who Framed Roger Rabbit next, then Cool World, and then we'll find some other hideous, um, hideous animated movie to fill out July. Okay, you'll be pleased to know that? there are only four Fridays in August. How does how does that how does that sound? <laughs> that sounds that great. Acceptable? That sounds really cool, actually. Okay, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll find another one. We can come up with a consensus for the final one. I wonder what other movies there are which have that um, animated uh, and and live action. What about the Page Master? Oh, that's true. That's a really weird shit piece, isn't it, with Macaulay Culkin? They've got Page Master. There's also Space Jam. Um, Space Jam so much. Or Scooby-Doo, the movie, with the CGI dog. Oh, no. Although I suppose... That, well, that, that's Matty Lillard, isn't it? Yeah. I think we'll allow that, yeah. Although I suppose uh, one of the challenges with that is that um, it's it's still predominantly live action and they've just got a CGI yeah. dog in it. Does it really count? I don't know if that counts. That's not weird enough. I've yeah. watched a lot of films where the do- it's like mostly humans and a CGI dog. That's very much my jam. <laughs> Your space jam. Uh, um, <laughs> we could do the new space jam, couldn't we? Do, do the old one and the new one. <laughs> we we could. Do I? Can we get the new the new space jam anywhere yet? Is I that don't know. Actually, yeah. On, on uh, streaming services. Or we've got... What, what other ones are there? There's... There's stuff like Pete's Dragon, but that's a bit oh, boring. Yeah. That's a bit and they remade that, didn't they? Did they remake it? Yeah. We've got Ench- doesn't Enchanted have a bit at the beginning which is which is um animated? Yeah, and that that's like a princess film. That would be good that would be right apparently. But again, it doesn't have the animated and the live action together in one hideous place. Yeah, not weird enough. Not weird enough. Okay, we'll, we'll do some thinking. We'll do some thinking off off uh off stream we'll have to make a list well yeah yeah maybe maybe we do space jam one and two together if we can get hold of if we can get hold of the the new space jam that might be that might yep. be a goer but there's the so new many- space jam with is it is it lebron james and his fake kids go up against the computer <laughs> who's called algorithm these nuts or something it, <laughs> i don't it looks know. rubbish <laughs> why do you expect me to know these things uh, i listened to um the flop, the flop house. You know that podcast that's a bit like this one, but a bit more organised. How they, dare they? <laughs> and they, um, well, they, they, their thing is they talk about bad films. And they talked about the, the new Space Jam film, and I was ha- crying with laughter at that episode. <laughs> so I'm actually kind of excited to see it, but I also hate Space Jam. So, see, yeah. I, I don't, I don't remember liking Space Jam as, when I was a kid. I, it didn't gel with me, and I know a lot of my friends were fans of it, but I, I didn't get on with it very well at all um and i've heard the new one is bad which makes me think oh god how bad how bad is is it how bad is it there's only one way to find out yeah Mm, maybe maybe i think for the for the science that might have to be the winner but if 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 we if we can't find anything we'll find something better um but yeah no definitely who framed roger rabbit next cool world after that and then 
possibly double double jam possibly that probably makes sense <laughs> what what's your favorite actual jam because I actually kind of like the page master I think I they have maybe might have a soft spot for that even though it's kind of terrible yeah page page master's good but we'll maybe get around we to should, that at some point. yeah we should do that at some point so if we if we can't get new space jam let's do page master instead yeah um, all right my favorite actual jam you know yeah do you well do you fall down on the side of strawberry or raspberry because my wife is a raspberry lady i like strawberry it's always a mm, bone of contention in our house it's a tricky one i think depending on what it's with so obviously if it's a scone you go strawberry don't you yeah 100 yeah. percent. but on other things in in cakes i'd probably lean towards raspberry for the tartness to go i gotta say it could be very tart sometimes mm. So are you are you a are you a um, strawberry jam man then? Is that I'll just have strawberry jam? all the time. But raspberry's not bad necessarily. What about other flavors? What about Sometimes other? you get blackcurrant. I quite yeah. like that. Yeah, black doesn't work on everything. Jam. But that's that's nice on a Welsh cake. I am a fan of plum jam. Oh yes, yep. Plum Could jam is very that. nice. Cherry jam is also very nice. Yep. Nice nice sour cherry jam. Absolute god tier type of jam. What about lemon curd? I, I don't mind lemon curd. curd. Yeah, I prefer it in things. You know, you, like you wouldn't spread that on your toast, would you? But you I've get had like a... I've had lemon curd on toast when I was a kid. Have you? I haven't had it in years though. Maybe I'll have to get some lemon mm. curd. Also, Welcome curd is the... a funny word. <laughs> Welcome to the jam cast, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now that we've spent half of this episode planning our next <laughs> few episodes, <laughs> been fascinating, and talking about jam. Do you want to talk about Shrek? No, I want to keep talking about jam. No, <laughs> do, you, do you think Shrek likes jam? He's a he looks like a jam man, but it He'd would be like anything. It would be like fungus jam. It would be like mud jam, wouldn't it? Because yeah, yeah, he eats gross things. And that's the thing in Shrek. The you know that if there was going to be a thing about jam, or if the jam was there, it would be something like that because the attention to detail is there. I noticed things, you know, watching it this time around that you know you didn't notice that actually the way the kingdoms are built and the way all the mud moves and the the disgustingness of it is actually really well done and it's not lazy. No, no, exactly. It's 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 a really well-made movie. And obviously, you know, when we think about Shrek, we think about the cultural significance and the memes. Obviously, Shrek is a very memed movie. The Smash Mouth song is yeah. extremely memed. Although, of course, <laughs> it didn't originate in this. No, they'd released it how when a year or two before maybe yeah and it it had coincided with another movie what was it called um the one where they have superpowers um you mean like the entire marvel and dc universe <laughs> yeah 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 smash mouth launched the uh <laughs> smash smash mouth are in the mcu they are the mcu that's where it came from um <laughs> it, uh mystery men Mystery Men. What the yeah, hell is so, Mystery Men? So when you watch when you watch the video to um, All Star, nineteen ninety nine film. I have never heard of this. Have you not? It's actually rather good what fun. The hell it's is like this? a it's like a comedy superhero movie with Ben Stiller and Hank Azaria and William Greg Kinnear in it. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. They're they're like rubbish superheroes. Eddie Izzard, Tom Waits. This yeah. Looks, have you This have looks you fantastic. I've never heard of this film. It's it's good fun. It's a good fun film. And and All Star was like one of the one of the songs for it. And so the video for All Star actually includes scenes from from this movie. This looks fantastic. We should watch this at some point. It is it is really it's really good fun actually. I haven't watched it in a fair few years, but I remember it being good. And there's also Rat Race of course, which is a film I've been promising my dad we're going to talk about forever because it's one <laughs> of his race. favorite films. But Smash Mouth are actually in that, aren't they? Yes, at the end, the kid goes, oh my god, it's Smash Mouth. That's literally the only thing I remember <laughs> about uh, <laughs> about that movie, is a kid going, oh my god, it's Smash Mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah, Smash Mouth really were a band of that of that sort of area, weren't they? Yep. It's very, um, very much their jam. Can, can we talk a little bit about the soundtrack? Because Shrek, all of the Shrek movies have had big soundtrack stuff going on yeah it's not just all star by smash mouth it also has a credit sequence where they're dancing to the smash mouth version of i'm a believer but it's eddie murphy (laughs) singing as a donkey so what more do you want yeah exactly exactly um so um yeah but so you've got you've got a smash mouth you've got um more smash mouth You've got Eels, you've got Rufus Rain- Wainwright as well, don't you? Well, yes, but his, his version isn't the one that appears in the film. 
weirdly, his version of Hallelujah is the one that's on like the soundtrack album, but the version on the film is done by um, John Cale, is it? Yes, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. So um, which, is we- <laughs> which is weird that they, they didn't get either of the iconic versions of Hallelujah yeah. <laughs> for this. <laughs> Although then, it works at that bit, doesn't it? It actually does blend a sort of fine. certain gravitas to the film that makes the romance feel significant rather than it just being, you know, oh, good, goofing around and farting for 90 minutes. It does actually have a little bit of romantic pop, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it gives a little bit of... Um, of, of and it and it helps tie Shrek into pop culture much more so than um than its its Disney counterparts, which at this point hadn't Disney now has started leaning a lot more into doing things that, that people can refer to from a pop culture sort yeah. of side of things. But that was very much DreamWorks' side of stuff was the hey, we're gonna put in references to stuff and we're gonna make it more modern and contemporary. Yeah. Um, oh, and it had the best years of our lives performed by the Baha men. I did not realize that. <laughs> the Baha men. Oh, my days. Who let the Shreks out? Who? That is who, incredible. Who, who? Love those guys. Um, I didn't realize they had more than one thing. The yeah, Baha the, the Baha men. There's a whole documentary about who let the dogs out, which I'll link to in the show notes that is actually really worth watching. And that it's like that was their like big hit, but it was a cover of a cover of a cover. And they're like all these it's disputed as to where that kind of riff who let the dogs out comes from. And there's a bunch of different origin stories for it and different bands who like sued the Baha men or sued the people before them. It was yeah, it's a really weird and interesting story. I do remember one of the members of the Baha men at some point giving a quote where they were like, we were really happy. We're really happy whenever a movie about dogs gets made because it just means that we'll get royalties. Because <laughs> inevitably, <laughs> Who Let the Dogs Out will appear on the soundtrack. Yeah, they're probably still like getting rich off that song. It's like it's like if you do a Christmas song, you're going to be... If you do a popular Christmas song, you're going to be rich for the rest of your life. We should do year. a popular Christmas song. We, sh- we should. <laughs> Why haven't we thought of this before? Who Let the Dogs Out Christmas cover. <laughs> yeah, just put some sleigh bells in. It's yeah. fine. Well, as um, I found but- out recently, it's actually very easy to release cover songs properly now. Because my cover of um, my lo-fi cover of "Running Up That Hill" by Kate Bush is on Spotify. I'll link to it in the show notes. Excellent. Just wanted Excellent. to drop that one in there. Um, yes, do put it in the show notes. Um, that that means because I've I've got a cover of um, "In the Pines" yes. slash "Where Did You Sleep Last Night" in the works at the moment. I just slash. Need to time I am an extremely gravelly voiced man. I am an extremely gravelly voiced man. Um, but obviously that I didn't have to worry about royalties because it's an old Appalachian folk song. So unless I was literally ripping off someone else's version of it, which I haven't. The I Appalachian Mountains are going to come for you. They're going to come for me. <laughs> um, but but that does mean, yeah, that, um, that yeah, if I wanted to do a cover version of something, if I wanted to do a gravelly voiced <laughs> dark, dark folk version of Who Let the Dogs Out, <laughs> then I could just crack on with it. That's a good idea. Who let um, the dogs out. Um, but it's it's worth noting as well that the other um shrek movies also and and we'll talk about the other shrek films at some point definitely yeah this is the one where often with a franchise or a trilogy like this we'll just do them all in one but they are the others deserve deserve their own episodes and annoyingly um, it's one of those things where of course like shrek the third is on netflix but the first two aren't like so stupid <laughs> and shrek ever after and all of the other yeah, ones yeah. as well i paid available. i paid 249 to watch this on amazon prime so enjoy your money jeffrey katzenberg we we picked up the dvd from someone's house to watch you we watched it on dvd yeah wow so you actually got that authentic early 2000s home exactly. media experience I, if only i had one of those giant um those big, Shrek-shaped big, TVs. Big, <laughs> those giant old-school TVs before you had flat screens. You know, the ones with the massive back on. A CRT. CRTs, that's right, yeah. Retro gamers um, all, always want those. They do, because it's it, the authentic it experience. The, um, it also, yeah, it stops the, the frame lag, doesn't it? Yeah, from, yeah. Um, so if you're if you're playing them authentically, I don't. I have um, all of the games emulated on a little computer, which I use if I want to play an old game. Yeah, I'm like I much prefer playing them like remastered on my Nintendo Switch or whatever, because the experience is better, and I don't care. <laughs> you can you can do rewind and stuff like that. Yeah, That's great save states. Um, 
<laughs> so it might, it might take me, you know, four hours to kill Dracula in Castlevania Belmont's Revenge instead, <laughs> instead of literally of... an entire year of my life. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yes, uh, Shrek, obviously, they, they made a big thing out of doing soundtracks, which had a lot of popular songs. And obviously you had like Counting Crows on Shrek 2 um, yeah. and more Eels. I think Eels is in like every... every um, Eels every were in every film around soundtrack. that time. Which they released an album. I say they; it's just one guy, isn't it? Pretty much. Um, he has a band. Um, but yeah, they released, they released an album last year or this year, actually. This oh yeah, cracking on old Mark Oliver Everett. That's the one. As he's known. Um, which some of it, some of uh, Eels' stuff, I'm a I'm a big fan of actually. I think um, Soul Jacker is a very very good album. Yeah, they had um, some really really interesting stuff in the 90s and early 2000s, didn't they? Yeah. And again, yeah. someone who I think you know defies categorization and has really reinvented himself over and over and done lots of stuff in different um you know using different instruments and different samples and weird stuff you know yeah big fan of his approach yeah lots of very odd stuff going on and works a lot with john parrish who's a pj harvey collaborator right quite a lot so again comes from that kind of category of yeah unable to v- define by genre and just working on all sorts of stuff yes extreme witchcraft is an album released in january this year couldn't remember if it was um last year or this year and it's good it's good i remember listening to it at the time thinking oh that is certainly an eels album mm-hmm. um but yeah and then and then yeah shrek the third's got they even they bump it up with like ramones and led zeppelin and paul mccartney and things for the third one they really go all out in getting um in getting big names into the soundtrack again and it became it's become a very common thing for the for the franchise is having that yeah um but it all kicks off with this movie where yeah it's 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 a film that it's a film that's very much created by the cultural references that it's emulating whether that's um whether that's a soundtrack or whether it's the story beats where it ties into those fairy tale tropes and disney movie tropes um you know there, there's all sorts of um there's all sorts of references to things like he says that'll do donkey that'll do which is obviously a reference to to babe yeah um you've got the the bullet time effect when fiona is fighting the merry men which is like the matrix um you've got all sorts of disney references as well um yeah lots of stuff around you know snow whites and seven dwarves peter pan beauty and the beast um, and you know that leans on not just Disney's, but the fairy tales that are the source material for all of that Disney stuff as well. Stuff that people read as kids, you know. So there's a there's a turning nostalgia on its head factor there, isn't it? Or that when you're a kid, I mean, I think this came out in 2001. We would have been, you know, 12, 13. And I think I remember going to see it at the cinema and thinking, loving that side of it, and thinking it was kind of really subverting all that fairy tale stuff. Yeah, and it and it, it definitely is, and it's subverting the Disney stuff in particular. I mean. Uh, Dulock is Disneyland. Yeah, it, it's a small world. Is the song that the little puppets sing? It's, it's essentially the same song. Um, it's a very, it's a very subversive movie for something that went on to be an exp- a massive, expansive money grabbing franchise. Yeah, it got merchified. Um, it got memeified. Yeah, and the rest it is did. history. And and was this was this the the popularization of DreamWorks face? Or had that already been a thing by this point? I think maybe it was, yeah. But I don't know for sure. Because um, I think Ants had DreamWorks face. Yeah. But Ants is also not good. <laughs> Ants is also not good. Um, yeah, uh, if you don't know what we mean by DreamWorks face, it's the slight shift of the face to one angle, a smirk on the face, and like one eyebrow raised that you'll see on and and it was very heavily popularized by dreamworks animated movies if you have a look at um i I think the best one is b movie yeah Uh, (laughs) b movie is the definition of of dreamworks face but but i think it's tvtropes.org there's just doesn't really say the origin but there's a picture of lots of them and it has buzz lightyear in there so actually maybe that predates dreamworks i think i think that might have been i think that might have been after dreamworks face already existed because it it then bled into disney movies as well um where elsa elsa is a dreamworks face often on posters and things like that as well um but yeah it's it's the 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 shit-eating grin 
the the <laughs> eyebrow raised the face you want to punch of an animated character and i remember recognizing this at a very young age because i think toy story 2 has dreamworks face probably does yeah when was so i think i think it must have already existed by this point because ants came out first um because ants was the was was the same year as bugs life wasn't it yeah it was the year of ants i remember thinking that at the time being like how are there two films about the same thing i definitely went to see both in the cinema whereas yeah okay i'm gonna send you this little this little picture and i can show you and put this in the show notes as well um this is yeah. So DreamWorks Face already started becoming a thing by Toy Story two, and it is does, does is it still a thing? I don't watch enough animated movies now to. I don't. I don't know. I'm trying to think of any recent ones. What we should really do is dress up in suits and go and see Minions: The Rise of Gru. Yeah, that's <laughs> a thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what the TikTok children are doing. Why, why are the children? <laughs> why Why are the children doing this? Because it's funny. I think that's that's literally the only reason. But is it is it funny? Well, I don't know. That depends. But no, the, what is funny about it is that I think they're wearing suits because Gru dresses smart, or whatever. But and then they <laughs> okay. they get there and apparently they're being they're being a bit rowdy. Um, so that's obviously not good. We don't condone rowdy behaviour in the cinema. I want everyone in the cinema to shut up. But <laughs> kids dressing up as suits to go and see a kids' film is funny. And then there's a few cinemas are now banning you from wearing a suit to the cinema. But that is the joke, isn't it? That I think that's like Gen Z humor, isn't it? But I think that's actually the ultimate joke because a suit, you know, it's not the suit that's causing the issue, is it? And a suit is something that's supposed to be smart. And by banning it, you're just banning something that's smart by trying to be smart. It's. I think it's. I think it's very funny. Yeah, the thing. The thing that's extremely funny is the fact that people are being banned from wearing suits to go and see uh, Minions. I can just imagine that, like. Uh, a, a dad who's got evening tickets with his kids to go and see Minions and he's running late and he has to run home, pick up the kids and go straight there without changing out of his suit and then the person that's in him are going, no, get get the fuck out. You're not no coming suits. in, mate. <laughs> no suits. We'll have none of your rowdy behaviour in here. None of none of that behaviour. Um, yeah, I, yeah, no, the, the the response from people has been extremely funny. Um, by the way, I've sent you a little message with, with the shit-eating grin face on Woody and Buzz for oh, Toy Story no. 2. Um, truly horrendous. Toy Story uh, 2 I remember at the poster. time being, oh, yeah. being 11 or 10 years old when Toy Story 2 came out and thinking, he looks like a fucking dickhead. Even, even the pig's doing it. Even the... Oh, God, the pig is doing bank it as pig. well, yeah. Honestly, why, why, why did this become a thing? I'm not sure why this happened, but it, it's a genuine thing. But anyway, Shrek is good. Um, the, the the plot of Shrek. If you don't know the plot of Shrek, I don't know where you've been because it is one of the most popular movies of all time. Yeah, if you but, haven't seen Shrek, what are you doing? Honestly, <laughs> but but Shrek lives in a swamp, and then there's a bad king, and lots of um lots of magical creatures end up living in the swamp because because of bad king and they're so shrek, displaced and so shrek who doesn't like sharing his space with anyone is like right i'm gonna go sort this out and he ends up being roped into going to rescue princess fiona shrek who's like not in my backyard yeah get get out of my swamp he doesn't want them to build hs2 <laughs> He's furious. He's he's all about the biodiversity, and all of these people are coming in and just just wrecking it. They're 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 building their houses like like um like the donkey is at the end. Yeah, it's like no, that's destroying the biodiversity of this swamp. What are you what are you playing at, donkey? Honestly. Yeah. So yeah, um, we, we we're treated to kind of an opening animation with Shrek taking a shower in mud and bathing and farting in the water so that a fish dies and stuff during the iconic title sequence where it's all splayed with mud. And then suddenly all of these magical, displaced magical like fairy tale creatures are in his wood. And then it's sort of a very good scene setting the tone for the film where all of the magical creatures and fairy tale creatures that you recognize are sort of saying hello to him and asking him to do something. Yes, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it leads into, so rescuing the princess from a dragon, but of course they don't kill the dragon because that would be not very nice. Um, and the dragon is, is the secondary love interest for Donkey in this movie. Donkey played by Eddie Murphy as a talking donkey, if you've not seen Shrek. Yeah, one of his um, most iconic, one of his most well-known roles. 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'd say it's it's really up there. I mean, what else have you got? You've got Beverly Hills Cop, Norbit, um, <laughs> Norbit. You got Beverly Hills Cop. You've got what? Maybe the Nutty Professor because that that spawned sequels, yeah. didn't it? Um, Doctor Doolittle, Doctor Doolittle. But yeah, I think Shrek is easily one of his most iconic roles. And of course, Mushu the Dragon in Mulan, <laughs> and Mushu the Dragon, who does not um, feature in the live action Mulan. Ergo, it sucks. I isn't isn't let's get down to business not in it doesn't even have any songs it has some like or sweeping orchestral versions of some of the themes in the score but that's it it's rubbish it's one of the worst films I've ever seen only because it takes what is actually a good if you know slightly problematic Disney film and just turns it into a really dour boring three-hour epic in which nothing happens except military boring nonsense it sucks Lovely. all the joy out of it, basically. I'm, I'm very excited to never watch it. Me, um, me too. I'm really excited you, to never see it the again. Obi-Wan, have, you, have you watched the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Yet? No, I haven't. Is it is it good? It's pretty good, yeah. yeah. I'm sure uh, I'll get to it. I have I w- seen all of the new Stranger Things, though, weirdly, because I, I recently had to take that, a business that, trip. Do not say any about it, because we I haven't won't. watched it yet. Okay, no, I, I'll, I'll, it's good. I enjoyed it. That's all I'll say. I had to take a business trip recently. I managed to watch most of it in between things, and like, in the evenings... Between sort of the baby going to bed and my wife going to bed with the baby, I have like half an hour maybe each evening. I've watched it in like half hour chunks, but I enjoyed it. I know it's very big and very popular, so I probably should hate it, but I enjoyed it. (laughs) So when you when you've seen it, we can talk about it. That 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 that's the thing, isn't it? If it's popular, it's normally shit. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch it. I've I've been watching. I've not caught up entirely. I've been watching the new series of The Boys, which is very good. Oh yeah, yeah. So Um, you said very very. But it's also as well as. As you know, it's popularized running up that hill again, but it's also got Metallica back in the charts with Master of Puppets because Gen Z are now discovering Metallica because there's an amazing scene that has Master of Puppets in it. Yeah, I won't, oh, yeah, very I won't good. Say. But yeah, all the Gen Z are like, what is this metal music? Like, what you is kid, metal? You kids have got a lot to learn. <laughs> but Well, the thing yeah. is that obviously when we grew up, as we are old men, um, we had that diversity of music playing in... in um, in things like Kerrang! and stuff like that. I think we grew up in an area where the diversity of genres of music was at its highest. Whereas now, although you've got those genres of music everywhere, they're very compartmentalised. So unless you're already into that style of music, you don't necessarily hear it because what people hear is the same dog shit pop music over and over again everywhere. And that's, you know, on TikTok, on... The algorithm gives you the TikTok pop music. Yeah, exactly. So so that's all that people hear. And and things like hard rock and metal music have less traction with younger people unless they're specifically looking for it because of that. And like, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of successful metal bands around these days, but none of them have reached the heights of, you know, music from the late nineties, early two thousands where you had metal bands topping the charts. Yeah. This is the time that we long for, isn't it? We long to return to you and me. I would love it to have a song like Rollin' at number one in the charts. You know, a, a Limp Biscuit s band getting to number one. What's the closest thing we've had so far? It's probably that Italian band that won Eurovision. Oh, Maniskin. Who aren't yeah. really a rock band. I'm sorry, fans of Maniskin, but they're not. They're a pop band who happen to play instruments. They're not very rock and roll. They're a pop band who wear a lot of leather. <laughs> Which, to be fair, works for them. And their songs are catchy, but they're not an actual rock band. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine them screaming a, a, a swear word at the top of their lungs. You can't imagine uh, jumping up, up and going, somebody once told me that. <laughs> yeah. Where's, where's Smash Mouth? Where's the modern version of Smash Mouth? That's what I want to know. Um, but but yeah. Um, how do Smash we- Mouth are idiots, by the way. They played some like anti-COVID concert a year or two ago during the pandemic, and then they all got COVID and it was a super spreader <laughs> event. Well, well done, well done. Oh, I had COVID, by the way. Listeners. You did, finally. Yeah, I, I still I, haven't had it, and I consider myself very lucky. Quite a few of the people who were on the business trip with me got it, and I didn't, so I feel extremely lucky. It's it's everywhere at the moment, so be safe, everyone. And yep. COVID, having had it, it's not fun. Because there are no restrictions, you really actually do need to mask up and yeah. like keep your distance and not do things, maybe, for a bit. Yeah, it's it's worth being careful at the moment if you do if you do worry about you know spreading it around so um yeah do be careful so so smash mouth uh, are they anti-vaxxers themselves i believe so just, yes oh, smash mouth how can you let me down i know 
It was what's going your, so well for them. What's your favourite Smash Mouth song? Because mine isn't All Star. No, because you got Walking in the Sun as well. Yeah, which is Walking a good, on the Sun is my favourite. Kind of a is, smooth jam. Which is, um, it's, 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 um, She's Not There by the Zombies, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. Uses the same sort of... But yeah, it's... Um, but yeah, no, Smash Mouth, fun. Where's Where's the modern day Smash Mouth for Gen Z? Exactly. And there's no film that sets the tone quite like Shrek there at the beginning. So the beginning is really good. And then you have the kind of getting entangled with Lord Farquaad stuff. Um, and then he goes off to rescue the princess. And it turns out she's an ogre as well. That's the big, the big kind of subversion, and it actually works really, really well, doesn't it? When you actually sort of find that out, it's actually a really, really good twist in the story. That, that I think the story works, and that's why this film works. The, it has goof factor, it has fun, it has great music and fun jokes. Some of which, you know, there are bawdy jokes in there for the mums and dads as well that went over my head when I was a kid. But it's oh, there's so many of those jokes that are there. Lots of sex jokes yeah. in this movie, which are there for for. Um, for the for the parents in the room, jokes about um, Lord Farquaad compensating for something. And, yes, yeah. yeah. There's there's all sorts of stuff like that. Um, but what I really like about Shrek, and you 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 mentioned it there, is a lot of the times, and particularly with Disney movies, it's surface level virtue signaling bullshit when it comes to diversity and empowerment and positivity. And you yeah. see it all the time with Disney. I mean, the the case in point being. Um, the 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 slug character in the last Star Wars movie getting more screen time than uh, the so called lesbian kiss romance that happens yeah behind yeah. the in in the background in one scene or how they talk about you know um, hiring John Boyega as this black lead in a Star Wars movie and everyone going oh how progressive and then them editing him out of the posters in China yeah um, and then his that- character <laughs> basically being completely inconsequential being completely pointless in the final movie of the trilogy (laughs) by the time they'd actually decided we're going to pander to all the fans and bring back and tell them that palpatine had sex somehow palpatine returned and he fucks (laughs) yeah um (laughs) true i'm still not over that by the way i saw i saw um i know sometimes i just text you being like you know we remember palpatine had sex (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I saw, I yeah, I I saw someone doing a, a critique of Rise of Skywalker, and it just brought it all back to me about how fucking awful that movie is. I'm sorry, it is the worst Star Wars movie, everyone. I'll link to our, our episode on truly, it. truly terrible. I think I've I've started hating it more with time rather than softening up to it with time. Um, it's genuinely horrendous, and I hate it, and I hate everyone involved in the creation of it for for making a bad movie that genuinely infuriates me because. It takes a lot to make me really hate a film. Even yeah. when we watch stuff on this, which, even when we watch stuff for the podcast, which is bad, I always try and find the positives in it. And often after we, we always watch something find something. Bad, I think as much as we love to like ironically shit on films, sometimes I think we do always manage to find a positive, don't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. And I think you've got to be fair, fair to art. Um, but art some, Garfunkle. <laughs> exactly. But some things are just are just irredeemable, and Rise of Skywalker is one of them. But anyway, yes, Disney as a company is terrible when it comes to actual positive representation. They're really bad at it. They've always been bad at it. And right now they've got this thin veneer of positivity when underneath they're actually not doing anything positive whatsoever, and it's abhorrent, and you should do better, Disney. Whereas Shrek, back in 2001 puts a positive body positivity message central integral to its storytelling 21 years ago this film is old enough to drink in all states because this movie the the end message of this movie is you're a beautiful human being and people who don't think that you're a beautiful human being are fucking idiots who deserve to get eaten by dragons yeah and your body is enough yeah, exactly. And and the, the end the end message of this is a woman who feels as though she's she's ugly because of the way she looks, who feels as though she's ostracized because of the way she looks, feeling comfortable in herself. And yeah. and and that's the end point of this movie and it's a man who feels ostracized by society because of the way he looks because of the who he is, uh finding community. That's the positivity message of Shrek. So amongst all of the cynicism in this movie, the anti-Disney messaging, all of that kind of thing, actually there is this internal heart to it, which is really powerful. And what's more is that they double down in the second movie because that's got the whole plot about Shrek becoming a handsome man, but realising that that's not who he is. 
Yeah. And so that that the that, that kind of story arc And it's also developed. got Antonio Banderas as a cat. <laughs> and it's got Antonio who, let's be honest, I really missed in this movie. I was thinking I know. this is great, but I really miss Antonio Banderas's cat. Um but um but 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 it's great that this movie has such a positive integral message that's a key component and a, and a lot of this movie is um i don't want to say shrek says trans rights but shrek says trans rights because you've got all of uh, you know you've got all of these people who are um ostracized from society all of these magical animals who are kicked out by the boring human fuckwits and that's essentially what it is you've got all these really interesting characters who are cast out and and thrown into a swamp by a dickhead who who's definitely not he definitely wouldn't be voting conservative no definitely um, not and and so yeah you've uh, but then you know these are our these are our hero characters and particularly in the second movie they then become this bigger cast of people um and and it's this positivity message of whoever you are whatever your identity is you should be happy about that and proud of that and you shouldn't let other people define who you want to be and you should speak with your voice and you should find love and you should be loved and it's like yes shrek you're fucking great shrek loves you shrek i very much appreciate you. the the male body positivity because there's not much of that around no no but yeah also the female um body positivity as well is when was the last time you actually saw a disney princess character who didn't you know, stick to their incredibly strict regimen of of what a, a Disney princess should look like. Exactly, there aren't any who are the same shape as Princess Fiona, right? Yeah, exactly. And 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 the closest you get is what Merida, in terms of them being something about not being quite like a real princess. And even then, it's like she's well, no, got Merida. red hair. <laughs> Merida still looks like the rest of. Hey, them the in the one in Encanto, she wears glasses. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. okay, there we go. All solved, Disney. Well, not done. a princess, but you know, what I mean. Um. But but yeah, it's it's just like well, D- Disney talks about these things without actually doing anything, and I love I love Brave. Brave is probably it's a good one. yeah probably my favorite modern Disney film. Um, I think it's got a really great heart to it, and in general, I think it's got really positive messaging. But even then, in terms of the body positivity piece, Disney's fucking way off the mark, and it continues to be way off the mark. Um, whereas Shrek was doing this twenty whereas, years yeah, ago. Shrek was doing this twenty twenty one years ago. So well done, well done, Shrek. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, genuinely watching it back was nice from that point of view. It was like actually, this is extremely positive and fun. It is. It's, it's and for it's a refreshing. memefied film, I, I went into it thinking we're going to end up just like cracking jokes and talking about all the memes and the merch and stuff. But actually, this is a film with heart, and that's something that we very much appreciate on this show. Yeah, it's 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 a movie with heart, and it's also a movie that's really competently made. Um, it doesn't look bad for a movie from 2001. For a CGI no. movie from 2001, it still looks pretty good. Obviously, some of the animation's stilted. They do look a little bit like toys of Shrek. Um, yeah. But it... but it. Some of it's weirdly shiny. Yes, yeah, you know what I mean? The shi- that's probably the a technical term the for problem. that. Um, There's the, that weird sort of sheen on everything that they had in films around that time, animated films. It's a, a little bit... Um, Robert Zemeckis. This is kind of pre pre Robert Zemeckis, <laughs> yeah, it's isn't very, it? Yeah, it's very much that. Um, but it it's still. But that's the thing, Robert. That's why those Robert Zemeckis films are so terrible because it's like, oh, this is this is this amazing innovative new thing, and you're like, mate, it looks like Shrek on the PlayStation Two. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it just looks like Shrek. <laughs> um, but but even so, it still manages to create an interesting world, and it still manages to do something unique and powerful that you can really tap into. And um, more than that, I was watching this and I was thinking, God, wouldn't it be great to have like an open world RPG set in the Shrek universe? <laughs> no, because open world games suck. Open the only people who have time to play open world games aren't parents. So let me have open world games. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, you brilliant. can have open world games. It's just annoying that everything has to be open world now. Like I've got Breath of the Wild. See, I love The Legend of Zelda, right? I'm never going to have time to properly play Breath of the Wild. I've got it. I've played for a few hours and I've gotten pretty much exactly nowhere. So, no, Bre- this is why Bre- I... Breath of the Wild doesn't take longer to complete than your regular Zelda game. Yeah? No. I, it, feel, I feel like I've only scratched the surface. And whereas, it, it, like, if I was playing an original Zelda game, I'd be, like, halfway through by now. No, no, but it doesn't take, it doesn't take any longer to play. I'd recommend looking up a walkthrough to find out where you want to go. But to complete the main the main plot of, of, of that game rather than wandering around doing weird shit and then 
replacing your broken weapon, which is the worst fucking mechanic ever added so to the game. Yeah. And I'm including the fucking movement controls to swing your sword, which I hated in all of the, yeah. Wii, the Wii era ones. Awful. Um, but yeah, no, it doesn't take that long to actually complete. I'd recommend, yeah, just having a look at something to keep you focused and um, and you'll, you'll complete it in no time. It's, Maybe I'm just not, terrible at it. At it. It's, it's not. But that's it's the reason why I love 2D Metroidvanias, I think, because it's like, give me like a, a not too difficult, but with some bosses that are going to kill you over and over, you know, give me a bit of that. Give me some, some light backtracking in a few different areas. You need to get a double jump to explore or whatever. Five to six hours to complete. That's my jam. As, as a parent, that's actually going to take me a lot longer. <laughs> See, I, I love open world games because it's about hopping in for half an hour and just experiencing the world. And I find them almost meditative where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the post-apocalyptic wasteland around, around Las Vegas. Let's, let's check out this weird ruined town for half an hour and then go do something else. And so, like, rather than trying to... I think with open world games, the good thing to do is rather than try and focus on the completion, the completion element of being like, oh, I've got to complete all my side quests. I've got to complete the main quest. Instead, it's about jumping in and experiencing this new world just for a little bit of time and having that snapshot just to wander around and not worry about the completion side of things, not worry about ticking everything off your checklist, just doing some stuff. Yeah, and I'm not saying I didn't enjoy exploring in Breath of the Wild. I still, I will go back to it, but like, I just feel like all of the good big games you're hearing about right now are big open world games that like are only really accessible to people who have a lot of time on their hands. Well, I, I think is a big problem with video games in general is um, that content creep. Um, yeah, is is an issue in general, and I actually controversially, the Zelda fans are going to come at me for this one. I don't like that Zelda went open world. Um, yeah. I don't think it necessarily worked. I don't think they implemented open world very well. Um, And there's some bits of it that I thought were good. I thought the actual exploration side worked quite well. Um, Yeah. But overall, I think it didn't work particularly well in comparison to some other games. One game that hasn't had the magic of Zelda for me so far. I, I don't really agree with any Zelda games having the magic of Zelda apart from the first one, the one on the SNES and Wind Waker. And those are the only ones that have really tapped into my sense of exploration. The rest of them, I just feel like, oh, I'm doing the same thing I've done in every other Zelda. Genuinely not even Ocarina of Time? No, Ocarina of Time just felt like, ugh. I hated the controls in Ocarina of Time, and I still hate the controls in Ocarina <laughs> of Time. It's Why? so rigid. You don't have to turn a swing a thing to swing your sword. No, and I hate that, but it feels so rigid. It feels so rigid with the lock-on and everything like that. And... Wind Waker had that as well, but then it also had the bits where you can just fuck about on a boat, which felt so freeing and nice. Yeah. Actually, yeah, um, Wind Waker had that kind of semi-open world thing, and I yeah, loved that. Yeah, But again, yeah, Wind, I was Wind 15 really or well. whatever. Like, I had time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think content create is a problem in general with games. And also, video game monetization is a thing. And so pay- making linear 12-hour games they want to get more money out of you than just paying for that experience. So it's like, okay, well, how can we add on additional content here and there? And that's that's a big part of it as well, is if you've got an open world game, you can then tack on extra bits and bobs. You can do that kind of content model. Yeah, yeah. I feel like everything Um, has has DLC. One thing that might might suit you is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Oh, yeah? Which is... Or Arceus. (laughs) I prefer Arceus because it's funnier um which is basically um uh what's the open world legend of zelda that we've just been talking about breath of the world breath it stayed so long in my memory that i've forgotten its name and we talked about it five minutes ago um it's it's kind of like that but pokemon and much more relaxed okay so basically you you're a, a little kid and you get sucked back in time to ye olden times in the pokemon world and you basically get told here we need you to go out and categorize some pokemon for us and so it's okay. an open world and you just run around in an open world and throw pokeballs at pokemon and then you hit your quota and then you go back and they go oh well done here we've unlocked a new area for you to explore and so it really fits in well with that playing it for half an hour just exploring a bit catching some pokemon and then fucking off that sounds Um, nice it it doesn't have that big pressure on you to play it for hours and hours and hours so that one actually i think did the it did the breath of the wild model better than breath of the wild did right 
Yeah, that sounds Pokemon. really good. And it's got Pokemon in it, which is always which is always good. But yeah, I'd love a Shrek open world game where you can just like explore around, go visit the swamps, go and visit Duloc. I would go for that, as long as you got to punch Lord Farquaad at some point. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He he's in he's somehow not dead and he's in he's in the dungeon at Duloc and you can just go in and like give him a little slap. Yeah. And I want to play as Donkey as well. Well, yeah, I think you could. You can. I. What they need to do is do a where you can set up your character however you want. So you can be an ogre, or you can be a human, or you can be a gingerbread man, or you can be a donkey, or you can be Antonio of, Banderas. As you a can cat. be Antonio Banderas as a cat, and then you can run around and just just explore the Shrek world because it's a really nice world to explore. Yeah. I think uh, I they really made enjoyed... they made a bunch of Shrek games, didn't they? <laughs> they're all. Bad. I've never seen any. I'm sure they're all terrible. <laughs> all, all terrible cash grab games, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I'd love. I think they made a racing game. They certainly made a um, Mario Party ro- uh, knockoff um, called Shrek Smashing Crashing or something, <laughs> something like that. Oh, there's one on the Game Boy Color called Shrek Fairy Tale Freakdown. I'm oh surprised I didn't have that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they were all Shrek Hassle at the Castle. I assume you pronounce that castle. Hassle at the Castle. Hassle at the Castle. Hassle at the Castle. Um, uh, Shrek Kart, DreamWorks Super Karts, is a game. That's a game that exists. That's a thing. On the PlayStation 3. Who do you <laughs> reckon's in this? Oh, it looks like it's got, actually, Jesus. Has it got Woody Allen in it? <laughs> It does not have Woody <laughs> Allen in it, but it does have the lion from um, from the from Madagascar. The, from Madagascar, and it has How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, okay. Well, this is the the lion, but not um, King Julian. Well, I assume that. I assume that there's um, there's all sorts of additional characters. Just the ones on the box here. We've got Shrek and Donkey, How to Train Your Dragon. Madagascar and some weird blue man. I don't know where the blue man's from. There's one on um, the GameCube called Shrek Extra Large. <laughs> Steady on. Oh, this looks terrible. Monsters versus aliens. Clearly, that's where the blue man comes from. I don't know okay. if that's a monster or an alien. I've never heard of that. Um, <laughs> maybe he's maybe he's both. Maybe that's the joke. Maybe, maybe. Um, anyway, is there anything else you want to say about Shrek? This has been a very diversion-heavy episode. Yeah, it's always the way when we get when we've had a bit of a break. So we came back and then we had another break. I think we always come back. We have a lot to catch up on. Um, but no, Shrek. Just the, yeah, I really enjoyed it and it was fun and it actually it holds up really really well. It's actually well worth watching today at a time when we actually really need positivity and we need those kind of positive messages. It actually went down really well. So thank you, Shrek, and thank you, DreamWorks. It's bloody great. I love this film. Um, just a shout-out to the cast. You've got Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy, obviously. Cameron Diaz is great as Princess Fiona. Uh, John Lithgow as Lord Farquaad is brilliant. Vincent Cassell as Monsieur Hood yeah. as well. <laughs> How, everyone, everyone loves Vincent Cassell, the most French man of all time. Um but yeah, it's it's a great it's a great cast and they all do a really good job, don't they? Yeah, um, really, really it's, good. It's brilliant. Um and so yeah, and then the only piece of trivia that I wanted to say, other than what you mentioned at the at the at the top of the episode, was um that Shrek has his own star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> which is <laughs> brilliant. Course. Well deserved. <laughs> which is which is great. Um so yeah, how are we how are we gonna rank rank this? Uh let's see. How many creatures have come to your swamp because they've been displaced by a short king? Uh, I've got a busy swamp. I've got 18 creatures in my swamp. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think we can go for that. Yeah, it's a busy swamp. It's a great movie. And they're all going to have a party and Eddie Murphy's going to sing. Of course he is. Great voice. Yeah. So what have we got next? We already decided. Um, Yeah, should we do Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Let's do that. I'm very excited. I've not seen this movie in years. I used to love it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it. I think it's, the, it's uh, maybe I've seen good. half of it or something. It's extremely good. Well, I think it's extremely good anyway. There are cool. moments that are going to scare you that are meant to scare you. By the way, I okay. Warn you in advance. Um, and it is a it is a Robert Zemeckis, of course. It is. Yeah, yeah. Before he started doing accidentally horrifying 
CGI CGI movies. We've got one which is sometimes deliberately horrifying animated movie. Yeah, which is fine. That's if it's deliberate, then it's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, well, great to talk about Shrek. Thanks very much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show and you got a lot out of it, <clears throat> of all the various things that we talk about, <laughs> all the tangents. We hope it's, uh, it's fun for you. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us, bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch and tell us we're wrong about something. Um, uh, there's a link in our show notes so we can give us money. It's just like a virtual tip jar. And we will be back next week to talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Alrighty, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.